Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. You know, Nancy and I travel full time on our Love Your Parks tour, going to different parks and public lands across the country and also publish Parks and Travel Magazine. The newest one is out, focusing on the Pacific Northwest to the Desert Southwest. So check that out at nationalparktraveling.com. So when we talk about parks and public lands, we're excited to welcome back Ivan Levin. He is the Director of Strategic Partnerships and Communications for the National Park Trust. And this awesome organization is celebrating a big anniversary this year, 40 years. Um, you're making me feel a little younger, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but everyone, go to parktrust.org. So welcome back, Ivan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Hey, listen, we're in the mountains. We're in the Appalachian country in the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, right off Blue Ridge, uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway. And uh real close to Smoky Mountains National Park, one of the most popular parks. And I think you guys have done some work in Appalachia land, haven't you? And we in, have over the actually, 40 years. We have, we've done quite a bit of work actually, not only just around Appalachia, but specifically we have, I think four or more projects just on the Appalachia Trail alone, which as you know, goes from Georgia to Maine. So yeah, we've done a lot of work on the uh, Appalachian corridor. That's awesome because it's important that the corridor, I think it's really great that you bring that up because <clears throat> we see this encroaching of you know civilization onto the natural lands so i think isn't there a kind of a push to get some extra buffer for the natural areas uh for especially also watching our foot traffic as people hiking the trail oh absolutely i mean a lot of the work that we do actually on national trails is not only expanding that corridor um, so that there's, you know, obviously more view shed on, on either side of those trails. But just as an example, not on the Appalachian, but the North Country Trail, we're working with them to protect a piece of land that is actually going to allow foot traffic to not go on the highway and actually stay on the trail. So it's a huge safety matter, um, you know, issue with the North Country Trail. So we're looking forward to completing that project in 2023, because mm -hmm. um, that not only is a huge safety issue, but obviously, you know, helping to protect that trail as well. Mm -hmm. And this, this protection part is kind of how you guys got started. Um, let's talk about 40 years, wind those clocks back 40 years. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that got started through NPCA, the National Parks Conservation Association, kind of got us nudged to do this tour of ours um, with their work. But you guys were starting off with actually protecting land and then now into stewardship. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, it really did start 40 years ago. Um, NPCA, National Park Conservation Association, um, really was focusing on park preservation. Um, and as they created kind of this this program under NPCA, the National the National Park Trust, the work just continued to expand. You know, they were successful in their park preservation work and acquiring land that was adjacent to parks and giving that to the National Park Service to, to protect that land forever. Um, we were successful in that work 40 years ago. And as that need grew, um, there was a clear need for the National Park Trust to become a separate 501c3 nonprofit entity. And so that happened in 1990. So about, you know, what is that seven years later, um, or so it took about that time for um, the nonprofit to go from a program to really its own standing on its own legs organization. Wow. And then, I mean, I was looking at all the programs, you have this amazing timeline when people go to parks, uh, trust.org, uh, go to the timeline, because 
you know, and I love that, by the way, that's, that's some geeky coolness you guys put together. I love yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. No, it, I mean, it is really amazing to see it visually, um, mm-hmm. the history in front of you. Um, for example, you know, just going back to when we started, some people don't realize that we were the organization that helped establish Tallgrass Prairie National Preserve. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal, protecting that prairie ecosystem and the fact that we could have a role in that with other amazing partners. Um, that's a big pillar in our in our history that you can read about, you know, on our timeline. Same with our very first land project um, was at Gates of the Arctic National Park and Preserve. And so, again, some big parks that we had some big roles in um, really early on. And so it's really great to see those in that timeline um, and those kind of pillars in our timeline as you explore kind of our story. And so we've set it up where, you know, if you want to read about our story, you can definitely do that. I think there's a beautiful story there that really tells you about, you know, where we came from and where we are and where we're going or where we hope to go. Um, but then visually, you can really explore our history and click on links and um, learn about when those awards were established that we've given out for many years now, or when we did different significant land projects in our history, not only things like, you know, helping establish Tallgrass Prairie, but, you know, helping save um, the historic ship in San Francisco Maritime or helping build a desert tortoise, um, you know, um, protection habitat uh, in the Mojave Preserve. So, so many amazing things that we've done in our history just in park preservation. Um, yeah, but yeah. that but that's inspiring when you think about how you've really now focused on land stewardship, um, you know, getting the stewards, like um, you've got veterans program, Buddy the Bison, who has oh, his yeah. own National Geographic book. He's very cute. Yeah, yeah thank you. You know, you've got that for kids, but I've also, uh, the Kids to Park Day, we want to talk about that coming up. Yeah. But um, it's stewardship, but this is what's so important about celebrating these landmarks uh, anniversaries is this is about actual <laughs> stewards going out there and making it happen. So it's inspiring Absolutely. for youth to look at it and go, Oh, one day, maybe I'll be doing that as my career, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and so as we were, you know, building this amazing base of being known for park preservation, um, I think you can read in our story that our executive director and our board chair actually went down and met with the first African-American director of the National Park Service, Robert um, Stanton. And in that conversation, he basically said, what you do is amazing, but if we really want to make an impact in the future, you've got to think about kids um, and not only just kids in general and that next generation, but especially the kids that don't have the access to parks and public lands and being able to explore those places and have those um, experiences young um, so that they can carry with them, you know, as they age. And so it was really, again, that moment in time uh, in 2008 when the light bulb went off. And that's when uh, shortly thereafter, Buddy Bison was established and Buddy Bison started as you know, kind of almost this idea of taking Buddy Bison with you, you know, to help explore parks. And it grew into being our woolly mascot still today um, and being really the mascot of our youth programs, the programs like our Buddy Bison School program that are all about connecting kids, specifically in that program, Title I kids, to um, local parks and park experiences in a deep, meaningful, um, memorable way. When you say Title I kids, can we explain what that is for some Yeah, that's where know, yeah. 40% or more <laughs> of the population is at free or reduced lunch. And so um, those are schools that are typically more in need or in areas that are in more need or don't have the resources to do extracurricular activities or field trips. Um, and so what we're able to do is really help those schools use parks as classrooms. You know, it's right outside their door. Um, and so that ability to really allow teachers and schools and administrations to be part of the program and then 
you know, drink the Kool-Aid really on how they can engage with the outdoors in such a deep way and an easy way, really, when they get, you know, when they understand how to do it, um, that that's where we, we've seen that success and, and those, you know, meaningful moments. And kids uh, to Park say that's uh, coming up May 20th, right? I think off the top of my head. It is, yeah, May 20th, yeah. The, the 13th annual National Kids to Parks Day, which again, you can read about in our timeline, but that that is the day that we kind of raise our flag and say all kids and families and everyone, you know, come out and go out to your local park, your state park, your national park. You know, there are 424 national park sites across the country only 63 of those are capital N, capital P national parks. There are so many parks right. that are the, the less traveled parks, the parks that, um, you know, are want people to come and hear their stories in their natural places, cultural places all over the country. And so that's really our day to say, hey, come explore a park, um, you know, um, and then come back um, and do it again. Yeah, you know, as we travel, um, we're redoing our map because I know we're over 1,500 parks that we've been to, you know, it's kind of crazy, but we're doing a lot more in urban parks and we're seeing the value of this just on our way. Uh, we were in Charlotte, North Carolina, coming up to Burnsville, where we are now, and we stopped in a town called Gastonia because you know how we are to get the parks app. Everybody yeah. get the park, the park passport app, right? Get Thank on you. there, see these parks. And there's this one. Um, Rankin Lake or Lake Rankin and we're like I know it's not you know it's winter so the trees aren't full out but you see birds there were seagulls what are you doing out in the lake in, in the middle like outside Charlotte North Carolina there were seagulls and cormorants and and then we watched people walk the entire perimeter of the lake um, people were in their cars warming up and then this couple this one a couple of ladies they were walking at the very end, they busted out into a run to their cars. They're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do that little bit of fast. And I was watching this, you know, Nancy and I are sitting there having our coffee for breakfast and did a little walking and hung out with the Canada geese. And I'm like, this is so crucial to, to watch these women do this, you know, kind of teamwork. And I'm like, if you don't have that in your community, how do we get healthy? How do we breathe yeah. that air? How do we challenge ourselves? How do we connect with nature? And the geese were like almost cheering them on, you know? <laughs> it's like, go ladies, run, run, forest. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the Park Passport app because that's really the magic of the app. It's meant for people to kind of open up at home and right from the palm of your hand, you can discover the park down the street that you didn't know was there. Um, and you can kind of start to have fun with it. You can track how many times you visited that park, what activities you did there. You can upload photos that you can make private or share with others you know, so that others can see that experience and, and want to come to that park as well. So that Park Passport app is great all year long, especially on Kids to Parks Day when you're looking for a new place, you know, to explore. And um, I also want to say that message that you just said about health and wellness is really mm. important. And not only do we express that, and it's a pillar, in fact, of all of our programs, but specifically as we've grown our work with the military community, we have really found the power and the messaging behind using parks as a way to achieve, you know, health and wellness and improve health and wellness overall, not only for individuals and in this case, the service members, but their families as well. Um, and how they can use parks to incorporate into, you know, fitness, you know, routines or requirements that they need for serving um, in the branches that, the, that they might be in um, or for National Guard and Reserve families when, um, you know, they have their off time with their family members, what parks can they go to? And so um, we have found that that health and wellness message for physical health psychological health, mental health, you know, all the health um, parks really do help 
um, improve your overall health and wellness. And so I'm so glad you and, mentioned And that. many of them are ADA compliant. They have some kind of trail you can go to. I mean, it's like if you go to Sequoia National Park, you can go on the Big Trees Trail around Round Meadow and witness these giant wonders, these giant sequoia trees, even if you're in your mm -hmm. wheelchair or you're a mom or dad pushing a kid in a stroller. Absolutely. You know, we've seen people be able to see some of the wonders of our country in parks, uh, like you said, big or small, um, that, you know, there's fitness stations in some of these parks, too, that I yeah. think, yeah. you know, so there's a lot um, that we can be doing. So I love that you're working with the military. Uh, I know you've got some veterans programs, too. So. That's exciting. So do we get cake this year? I mean, what's going on? 40 years? What's what do we get cake? Yeah, there's going to be so I think there's going to be so many opportunities for cake. We're all going to have to do our, our our cake walks after after the cake. Um, yeah, we have a <laughs> lot. We have a lot of exciting things planned, you know, throughout the year. Um, we've got a couple different awards that we'll be giving out that, you know, we'll be sharing more information about. Um, we've definitely got some uh, events tied to Kids to Parks Day and some other um, just events throughout the year celebrating our 40th anniversary and all the different ways that we work with people, um, whether that's through our college programs, which right now we're working with nine different colleges and we have 17 amazing college ambassadors that we're working with. Um, four of those schools are historically black colleges um, that we're working with to not only help establish um actual outdoor clubs and programs on these campuses, but also provide amazing opportunities to local parks um, and working with, with those HBCU communities. So um, whether it's through college or military or our Buddy Bison program, or just engaging you know people in general through Kids to Parks Day or, or other programs that we offer, um, you know, we'll be celebrating the 40th anniversary and kind of just reminding people um, to get outside, be good stewards, and remember to, you know, protect the land and also be good stewards of the stewards of the land as well. You know, I want to say like Earth Day is coming up. We've got uh, national. Oh, the um, April is also National Parks Week. We've got uh, what about uh, outdoors, Great outdoors month, month in is June. in June? Mm -hmm. Yep. We've got all these, you know, celebrations that we can get behind. Wet World Wetlands Day coming up in. February, February 2nd. Um, I would like to see more businesses get behind what we need for land and maybe it's volunteering, maybe um, instead of working on that extra report that end of Friday, mm -hmm. none of us really want to work on a Friday afternoon. Let's all go do a volunteer project for teamwork instead of mm -hmm. doing the, you know, get, you know, who we don't want to be crammed in a hotel room for stuff like that. We want to go outside, you know, so I right. feel like I'd like to see corporate and, and these bigger businesses that do these teamwork and these conferences and conventions and everything, maybe look at their teamwork projects, be more and volunteer and get outside. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we have, um, you know, some of our partners, I know that they definitely like to get their, some of our corporate partners do like to get their employees out, um, but we're always looking for more partners. So if there's anyone out there that like to get your uh, employees Yo. out and connected to parks, you know, we'd love to work with you on, on figuring out how's the best way to do that. Um, but no, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think you do see, you know, some of some companies do offer, you know, one third Fridays off or, or different types of programs that do focus on um, take advantage of that opportunity to, to focus on you and your, and, and your health. But I agree, we need to see a lot more of that. Um, and we'd love to help make it happen. Where is your next park that you're going to? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, let's see, where is the next park that I'm headed to that I know of? Um, we've got some amazing outings planned this year, actually, that I'm really excited about. Um, it looks like um, Cabrillo National Monument, which I've never been oh, to. Yeah? 
in San Diego. It's one of our first ones and it was our yeah. backyard when we lived in San Diego. Oh my gosh. Okay. So history, you've got Cabrillo, the explorer history. You have mm -hmm. got Native American history. You've got the actual port. You're going to see San Diego, amazing trails, depending on when you go as well, watching season, hummingbirds, mm -hmm. Uh, of course, the beach, tide pools, mm -hmm. uh, wildflowers. You've got the yeah. lighthouse. Okay, so yeah. I get excited. So. No, no, I'm excited too, actually. That's what we're taking um, through one of our military programs and working with our amazing partners, yeah. our military kids. Uh, we're taking National Guard and Reserve families tide pooling uh, and spending the day with Rangers tide pooling uh, at the monument oh, cool. um, in San Diego. Yeah. yeah, but I'm also excited. Some of those, through just through that program alone, Mount Rainier, which I've never been to. Actually, oh, I've been to dude. amazing places. I've never been to Mount Rainier. Uh, oh so my I'm gosh, excited about go. that one. And uh, Biscayne, actually, as well. I've, did, I've done Everglades. I've done, um, you know, other parks in that area, but I've never actually been to Biscayne National Park. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. Oh, you know, and that's important. We haven't done Biscayne either. We've done Everglades, but I know that Biscayne is under a lot of threats uh, for yeah. oil drilling, all kinds of things. And it's an underwater park, pretty much. It, it is. And they know. want people to come. I think that's the message that I really learned from working with them is, not only do they have amazing staff and an amazing superintendent, but they want people, especially South Floridians, to come and explore and discover Biscayne. I mean, I think it's the it's the backyard for so many people in that part part of the world, um, and they just want people to come experience it. So uh, definitely, that's that's something that we're looking forward to helping them do is connect you know local families to to a local park for them, Biscayne. And then also understand the water situation that connects to the Everglades. I mean, it really is this ecosystem. Um, going back to Mount Rainier, when are you going there? What what time frame? Well, I, I think maybe summer. But you know, interesting that you just said that about the waters. I just learned that Mount Rainier has no native fish because what? Mount yeah, there's no native fish that are actually from the park because. Um, this is just my understanding. So if I'm wrong out there, world, uh, please, please, please forgive me. Um, that Mount Rainier is actually the headwaters for all, so many streams and rivers um, that the fish actually are further downstream and there aren't really native fish native to Mount Rainier. At least that's one like little fun fact that I thought was interesting this week. Mount Rainier is magical. Um, when we first went there, I think it was park number five for us, five, four or five or six. And we were like, oh, we had a, we, we were doing a radio Thing for a garden expo that's how this whole thing started was the everglades and then there and we we go in there and i mean we went to a place paradise meadow i mean you couldn't it it, it is paradise there are just blankets of wildflowers i mean the biodiversity of flowers and then you're in meadows and then you hike like part of the wonderland trail and you're up and there's like glaciers and then a whole kind of different kind of um that's amazing you know, the plants and we were with this plant specialist lady who yeah. went with us and she's on the the home and garden thing and she's going okay this plant here is what we produce in in nurseries because we can't grow this at this altitude right so we adapt we were looking at this and trying to make it as close as we can to the name it's just crazy it was crazy because yeah. this this amazing thing but you are going to absolutely freak out and I when you talk wait. about that water I mean, when you see that water crashing through on the streams and the rivers, mm -hmm. it is mind blowing. They have hot springs there, like long my, okay, no, I get excited. So, so I, isn't it crazy to think though that all that water, it, it starts there, like they're the headwaters, yeah. so much of that. I mean, that's, what's amazing is people are always like, well, where does that water start from? That's where it, that's where it starts. And so, um, yeah, an incredible park I'm looking forward to. So, so many great places that, wow. that we're fortunate enough to get to go to. Um, I'm even looking, we have a, a uh, an event coming up in the fall at Saint, on the St. Croix 
National Scenic Waterway, which I'm in Wisconsin, which I've never been to um, on that waterway. So I'm really looking forward to, to some of that time on the, the river as well. We may go there, actually. We're going to Wisconsin this March. I don't know why we're going in March, but <laughs> I'll let you know if we freeze our, our yeah, butts yeah. off. But we might, I don't know but if it's we're going spring to... there in March, but... I, I'll find out, you know, but we're going up there uh, in, a, in a few weeks. Well, in a month, we'll be up there and we can't wait because that's a whole different thing. And we're hearing things like in Michigan, like the wolves are coming back better. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm excited. So everyone's got to connect with you and watch what you're doing throughout the year. So everyone, parktrust.org is the website. Uh, can people become members? How can people help you as you progress through the next 40 years? Yeah, we do not have a membership, but um, you know, it's what looking at one ways to support when we want to get to know you. So reach out, you know, send one of us an email. Um, if you have questions, I'd love to, you know, love to tell you more about our programs. Um, but uh, donate, you know, if you can donate to the Park Trust, we'd love to to obviously um, work with you in that way, and 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 that would be wonderful. But there's all kinds of different ways kind of laid out. We have a Bison Legacy Society. If you're th thinking about long-term planning, um, there's all sorts of different ways that you can support the Park Trust. So definitely check out our website and definitely read our story and, and go through that virtual timeline. There's kind of 40 dates on that timeline, 40 years, 40 important stories that represent our, our history. Um, and I think it'll really help you um, think about who we are and where we're going in the future, which is just uh, protecting more parks and getting more people outside and, and becoming more stewards. It's exciting. And everyone's social media, too. That's another great way as well as to connect. You guys always do a daily post on parks. And yeah, I love yeah. Following Please you check guys us out. On we're, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok. Uh, LinkedIn. Are you TikToking? So, yeah, we're, we're, tic we're TikToking. I want tight pool footage. Yeah, we're, we're doing it all. No, check it. Actually, if you do go to our TikTok, we've got um, all sorts of footage from past trips from 2022. And we'll just be continuing to add, you know, some beautiful scenes to some good music and um, hopefully uh, you enjoy it. So yeah, check us out. Awesome. Everyone again, parktrust.org. Keep up with us here at bigblendradio.com. We air daily. And of course, nationalparktraveling.com. Our new magazine is out and uh, covers even Olympic National Parks, the first story in there. And, and you guys are connected to that park too uh, in preservation. So uh, always a good connection. Thanks so much, Ivan. Thank you so much for having me.